Welcome to For the Love of Brantford, a podcast about the evolving story of our community. This podcast is for everyone who holds a place in their heart for our beautiful city. I'm Nathan Etherington, the Program and Community Coordinator for the Brant Historical Society. I'll be sharing some information from the Brant Historical Society archives and other sources to share some history that you may not have learned in school. And I'm Andy Samwell, president of the Eagle Place Community Association, and I'm passionate about community. And for me, you'll hear about what's happening in our community now. And I'm Zila Ozels from the Brantford Public Library. I'll be speaking with experts to get an idea of where our community is going. If you have any questions or comments that you would like to share with us, fill in our feedback form on the podcast website at brantfordlibrary.ca slash FLB. We hope you join us each episode as we learn from each other and explore Brantford's past, present, and future. Hello, and welcome to episode six of For the Love of Brantford, where we explore the evolving story of our community. In this episode, we discuss outdoor activities in the city of Brantford. I'll be talking about the rink that burnt down outdoor activities at Mohawk Park, and swimming at Earl Hague Pool. And I speak with Dana, an incredible community volunteer about neighborhood ice rinks and the Brant Waterways Foundation. And finally, I speak with Nicola Ross, author and publisher of the Loops and Lattes hiking series. I think even before we get started, it's nice to realize that there are so many outdoor activities available in the Brantford area. I kind of didn't put it all together in my head until we started doing this episode. Yeah, it's nice that there's like a lot of ways to be active and healthy in your community. And it doesn't matter what kind of interest you have in sports. There's always a different place for you to be active. Even in the downtown area, really, it's just a short walk to the edge of the river and then you can walk along the river. Yeah, we're so fortunate to have the river and the trails so close. I really like working downtown. I'm downtown all the time. Whenever I go out for lunch, there's always some place that you can walk to in downtown Brantford. And it's always easy to walk there. It's very walkable kind of area. And there's some green space as well. So you kind of have it all, even in the middle of downtown. What did you guys remember doing like a favorite outdoor activity as a child? So I think a memorable activity for myself would be skating on the outdoor ice rinks and going over when the folks weren't playing hockey so that we could pretend like we were figure skaters on the outdoor rinks at Moose Park and that kind of thing. So that was pretty, that was pretty fun when I was growing up. Fun fact, I was also a figure skater growing up. We did figure skating lessons at the Paris Arena. But there was also an outdoor rink at the end of my street. There's a little park. And so sometimes we would go skating down there when we were kids. There was an outdoor rink in a park when I was growing up in Hamilton. And it was actually on two levels. And they had iced over a spot where you could skate down from the top level, kind of like an ice slide, but with your skates down to the second level. Um, It was like a ramp. (laughs) I think a ramp is a generous word. It really was pretty steep. (laughs) It was almost like a waterfall, but not that bad. (laughs) It sounds fun and dangerous all at the same time. 
yeah but it was like it was a goal to work towards <laughs> i also remember going to Bogany as a child and we went to a bunch of different places including northridge and brantford tula park is a is a big tobogganing area too for for folks in brantford um in the eagle place community and obviously others and it has a great hill it is a really good i think that's one of the one of the best parks in brantford it's i don't know it's it's odd it's a large green space it's a fairly large green space but it's not as green big as mohawk park but there's always seems to be um, activities going on there. Every time I go by, I'm seeing people playing baseball or something there. Basketball and with the addition of the splash pad, that's been great. The park is always bustling with neighbors and families there playing and having a great time. I think that's great to see. Like That's what we need in these outdoor spaces is somewhere where people can leave their home and just do something outdoors right and you know either do it alone you know taking a walk around the park or go with their family or meet a friend there very necessary I think to have these kind of green spaces and I think it's something that we've recognized for a long time that we need these kind of green gathering spaces I mean we're gonna start with Nathan and talking about the different past outdoor activities that have like formed and developed in Brantford so why don't we just get started So in the planning for this series, you alluded to some wild story about a rink that catches fire. How does that even happen? Well, the Waterloo Street rink was located at 101 Waterloo Street and was a two-story frame building with a tin-covered roof. It was operated by the Brantford Rink Company and a Mr. A. Lalonde has a roller skating rink there. The Brantford Expositor describes the building as very large and occupying one half of the block surrounded by dwelling houses and other buildings, many of them only 15 to 30 feet away from the wood frame building, with two lumber yards in the nearby vicinity, so there was lots of fuel for the fire. On September 21st, 1911, at 7.18 a.m., the fire alarm came into the central station, and they noted, quote, the fire department was very short-handed, owing to some of the men having their regular day off and many of them being away to their meals, but responded with seven men, end quote. On their arrival, there was one roaring mass of flames from one end to the other, and the heat was so intense that it made it difficult for the firefighters. The department notes that the rink itself was beyond all human aid, as was the small frame building next to it. They called in the East Ward Fire Station for backup and used an aerial truck to fight the fire. So what was the cause of the fire? It is interesting that at the end of the report, the fire department states, quote, the fire in the rink was supposed to have been smoldering all night. As Mr. Charles Carroll, who locked the place up at 10 p.m. the night before, smelled smoke at the time, but for some reason neglected to notify the department. Supposed cause of fire, cigar or cigarette stub. The ironic thing is Charles Carroll lives at 15 Fleet Street, around the corner from the rink, and his home was also damaged in the fire. In a picture in the show notes, you can actually see the back of his house below the Grace Anglican Church Tower in the background. In a Doug O'Neill article, he also notes that the rink had a pipe organ to entertain its visitors, 
and valued a loss of $20,000. In total, the rank and 14 neighboring properties were damaged to the tune of $24,000. Only the home of John Crick was completely destroyed. What about one of our favorite green spaces in Mohawk Park? Was it always known as Mohawk Park? Originally, the area in, around Mohawk Park was owned by John Lovejoy. A BHS publication on Mohawk Park notes that he moved here to the property from Hamilton after he married the daughter of Dr. William Chase, Charlotte L., and the house was completed by 1854. The house was torn down to make way for the Brant Southern Access Route, or BSAR. While the canal was active, people had little use for stopping by as Canesville and the downtown of Brantford had more to offer residents. A group of investors established the Brantford Street Railway Company in 1879, and by 1894, they had obtained a lease for Lovejoy's Grove, which was given to the city upon the death of Mr. Lovejoy. On the opening of the railway on December 20th, 1894, dignitaries took the line out and suggested names of Brant or Mohawk Park, which was described as comprising of 55 acres of shade trees, and one could say fields and the Mohawk Chapel in the distance. On May 24th, 1895 was the official opening of the park, and over 7,500 nickel fares were collected. There were boats covering the lake and a soccer match between BCI and the Galt Collegiate Institute, with Brantford winning 1-0. Others attended in the evening to see the brightly lit electric lights in the park and to dance at the pavilion. So you just alluded to some outdoor activities that could be done at Mohawk Lake. What else happened at that outdoor space? Well, there was a merry-go-round that operated at peak horsepower and played a tune called Sweet Marie, as well as additional rides such as a razzle-dazzle and a Ferris wheel. It really was an amusement park, and people from across Ontario booked Sunday school picnics and company picnics in Brantford because of this park. Vendors had light refreshments available, canoeing occurred at the lake, and one of the museum's most famous pictures is of Pauline Johnson canoeing from the canal into the entrance of Mohawk Lake. Regattas were also held on the lake, and in the summer you could shoot the chute, which is basically a big water slide into the lake. Sports were also quite popular at Mohawk Park. In clearing a space for the park, a local man named Mr. Cook was responsible for adding a tennis court and a cricket crease. There was also a grandstand and a cinder bicycle track that was constructed, which included great Brantford cycling champions like Fred Restbrook. An Emancipation Day celebration in 1903 also included a baseball game of Hamilton versus Brantford as well. They also played hockey on the lake in the winter. What other happening outdoor spaces were around Brantford? Well, swimming was a popular pastime in early Brantford and was traditionally done at Wilkes Dam. After World War I, Brantford citizens started demanding better services with a proper pool. On April 30th, 1923, an article appeared in the Brantford Expositor asking for an outdoor public pool as the only other pool in Brantford at the time was at the YMCA downtown. By the end of May, the decision had been made and on the last day of the month, soil was being extracted for the pool. In late June, they confirmed that the water was coming from the city mains as opposed to directly from the river. And on July 9th, 1923, the pool was officially open. At the opening of the pool, which 1,200 people attended, 
one of which was Miss Beatrice Parker, who became startled by a bather diving beneath her, and in alarm commenced to sink. Mayor F.W. Billow, fully dressed, plunged into the pool and brought the girl to the bank, where she was resuscitated by police matron bridges and taken home. The Great War Veterans Association was granted permission to run concessions and amusements and was later renamed Earl Hague Pool in 1929. Okay, so what happens after the opening? Does it continue to be a pool forever? Well, in the 1980s, things start heating up again. The proposed establishment of the International Telecommunications Museum, now the casino, started interest in redeveloping the area with the existing Civic Center being built as a centennial project in 1977 and the completion of the BSAR Bridge. Earl Hague Pool was in bad need of repairs and was closed for the 1983 season. The city developed a transportation link to help take people to Brant Park's pool, but only 2,500 people took advantage when it was estimated that 15,000 to 18,000 people would normally attend Earl Hague Pool. The plan to rebuild the pool also ran into problems and was demolished in November of that year. The pool had not been rebuilt by 1987, and many developers were expressing interest in redeveloping the water park, and Eagle Place residents continued to advocate for the pool. A privately owned waterfront park was opened in 1989 on the same grounds, but within years, the parks department took it over operating the facility, with the profits being split between the company and the city. In this episode, I speak with a good friend, Dana, about neighborhood ice rinks and the Brant Waterways Foundation. Hi, welcome, Dana. Can you introduce yourself to the folks listening at home? Thank you, Mandy. Uh, my name is Dana Darnbro. Um, I've lived in Brantford for the last 14 years, and let's say the last 10 years, I've been uh, spending a lot of uh, time volunteering in different areas throughout the community, uh, whether it's uh, rink, rink associations in, uh, here in Homedale at Lincoln Square, uh, the Homedale Neighborhood Association, and uh, actually more recently, uh, I've joined on with the board of directors at the Brant Waterways Foundation. Wow, that sounds like you're doing a lot of volunteer work. That's fantastic. So how did you get involved with the ice rinks and how long have you been involved? I've been involved with the Lincoln Square ice rink for the last 10 years. Um, I really just got involved one day. I was I was walking through the neighborhood and I uh, met uh, a gentleman who was out there flooding the, the rink. And um, I realized that that was something that uh, I wanted to, to have a hand in so that my kids would have an opportunity to uh, uh, to skate at Lincoln Square. So for the last 10 years, I've been involved in different roles um, with the uh, Lincoln Square Rink Association. That's wonderful. The, the ice rinks that we have, the outdoor ice rinks that we have in Brantford are actually very special. It's hard to believe that there's actually 22 of them. A lot of people have no idea that there's 22 ice rinks that are completely taken care of by community volunteers like yourself. Could you tell me what it takes to create an outdoor ice rink? What kind of work's involved? I would say the, the biggest piece of it is probably patience and perseverance, especially with the winters that we have. Sometimes it's very difficult to, to really get going and, and maintain the, uh, the ice. But it's, it's really worth it at the end of the day. Skating, skating outdoors is a, is a different experience than, than skating in the arena. The, the sound of it and really just the, the feeling of 
of being outside is is pretty special. Yeah, I think that's so true. I think for anybody that hasn't tried it yet should definitely try skating on one of the outdoor rinks. I know that I love when I drive past Tootla Park and I see people skating in our Eagle Place rinks. Um, could you tell me how COVID-19 um, changed things last year for the rinks? I think the biggest thing that COVID-19 did was probably change the importance of it. Um, there were obviously things we needed to do just to uh, to maintain a safe environment. So there was certainly contact tracing that we needed to do with the volunteers in order to, to ensure that everybody that was helping out was staying safe. We obviously wanted to make sure that the skating rink itself was, was as safe as possible. Um, for Lincoln Square in particular and some of the other rinks, uh, one of the things that we did do is we did change the shape um, of the ice rink, and we really turned it into to more of an oval to to really help facilitate skating and social distancing. Um, and I think that went over really well. I think it made the environment a lot more comfortable for for many people. Um, but again, I'll kind of go back to I think the the importance of it. I think last year through the winter, I would say a lot of a lot of people uh, needed an outlet for recreation, and, and skating was. For many, it was really the the outdoor rinks were the only opportunity that they had. You know, we had um, organized sports that was shut down. We had gyms that were closed, and really having those outdoor rinks open, I think, was was really a godsend for a lot of people, uh, in, including myself. If I'm if I'm being honest, I think it was it gave me a, a great opportunity to. Uh, to get outside, uh, to get exercise, and and really reset, and not worry about some of the uh, some of the other things that were going on. Yeah, I think that's true. I think um, we really saw an uptake of people really wanting to be able to go skating on the ice rinks, and the outdoor ice rinks were the perfect option because we really couldn't gather indoors, and we had to be so careful. So it was great to see so many people being able to skate and enjoy that. I think everybody really appreciated it. I think it was. I, I think that was probably one. One of the biggest things I saw this year um, was the feedback from from the individuals, just the the sheer appreciation that they had for the commitment with, that we made to to maintain the rink last winter. Um, are there any stories or memories from the ice rinks that you'd like to share? It it was the first place that my kids you know started skating. That was their first you know step on the ice was at Lincoln Square, um, and so that's that is pretty special to me. But then. Every year, I always have the opportunity to see see another young family and uh, another child who's maybe excited or anxious or nervous about stepping on the ice uh, for that first time. Um, and the reactions are always a little bit different um, with with some of the kids. Some of them are super excited. Some of them are just not having it at all. But I think it's regardless of kind of how that experience goes. I I think it is pretty special that you know I've I've helped contribute to to one of those first experiences in you know that family's life I think that's that's pretty cool yeah that sounds like a really special memory children skating for the first time and your children skating for the very first time at the at the ice rinks that sure makes it all worthwhile I'm sure what do you love about the ice rinks and why do you do what you do let's say what I what I love about the rinks is I I do really enjoy being outside and and having the opportunity to skate um 
I think I do it in large part because I do have fond memories of, you know, the time I spent on an outdoor rink um, with, as a child with my brothers and, and my friends. I think that's, that's part of the reason that I do it. Um, I'd say there's, there's another part to it, which is, I would say, maybe, maybe not as obvious and maybe it's just me. Um, but I do enjoy being outside flooding, flooding the rink very late at night or very early in the morning. Um, I think in, in winter, there's, there's really a bit of a, a quiet solitude um, in the winter. You don't have the leaves rustling through the trees, the birds are gone and you know, the animals are, are hibernating and it can be very quiet and flooding the rink late at night. There's, there's a calming uh, aspect to it. I would say it's, Sometimes that's where I find my my serenity, if uh, if you can believe it. I can believe it. That sounds wonderful. And I mean, the fact that you grew up with a love for the rinks and then also that time to reflect and be by yourself flooding the rinks just sounds great. Um, so I should say, too, it's um, it's really incredible that the City of Brantford Parks and Rec Department support this programs so that all of the dedicated volunteers can make these rinks happen for their communities and for their neighborhoods. On top of being a dedicated rink volunteer, you are also a director of the Brant Waterways Foundation. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Yes, I've joined on with the, the Brant Waterways Foundation uh, this year. The Brant Waterways Foundation is a charitable organization that provides funding assistance and advocacy to projects in Brantford, Brant and Six Nation. Those projects focus on um, restoration, protection, uh, or improvement to, to access to the river and uh, the trail systems uh, in our area. So can you tell us about a little bit about how the Brant Waterways Foundation impacts outdoor activities in Brantford? The Brant Waterways Foundation provides funding to, to projects that are um, initiated or driven by a lot of other organizations within our community. Um, so we've partnered in the past with the Brant Cycling Club and provided funding assistance for the Rotary Bike Park. Um, the Brant Tree Coalition and uh, the Rotary Club. We've also um, worked uh, extensively with the city of Brantford, most recently with the, the TIRA campaign, which is trail improvement and river access. Um, we have a number of projects that are underway, including Dobney Creek, uh, river access improvements, and uh, Mohawk Lake revitalization, as well as other work that uh, we're doing over at uh, uh, Rotary Water Waterworks Park. Fantastic. Actually, I didn't realize that you guys were involved with the, the Mohawk Lake as well. I'm really looking forward to seeing what that's going to be like when, when that gets all finished. So that's pretty exciting. So what I'll do is if anybody wants to know how they can get involved with the Waterways Foundation, because um, I know you guys are always looking for projects to support, we'll include links in the show notes. Brant Waterways provides funding and advocacy for environmental and trail projects within the city. What sort of impact do you think that has throughout the city? Much like the, the rinks uh, this winter, I think, in particular with, with COVID, um, we saw people flock to the trails and, and flock to the river. They did, they did need an outlet. And I think everybody, I would say, if they didn't recognize it previously, 
Um, I think everybody maybe recognizes it now, the, the impact that just being outdoors, being in the trails, being connected to nature has on not only your physical health, but also your, your mental health. And honestly, that's one of the, the main reasons that I joined up with Brent Waterways Foundation this year. I think it's honestly a, it makes a, a massive difference to, uh, I think, members of the community, um, you know, just, you know, having that there. And being able to, you know, in a lot of cases, just, you know, step outside your door and, you know, just being able to walk to, to one of our, our trail systems, I think is, is fantastic. And like I said, I would say over the last, was it been 19 months now? I don't know how much of that time uh, we've had with, without access to, to recreation in a lot of ways outside of, you know, what we have in our, just beyond our, our front doors, right? That's so true. I think that the trail system and the Grand River and, and the beauty of that is um, one of the reasons to, to love the city of Brantford. If anybody wants to be involved with either the Rink program or the Brant Waterways, we'll include all of that information in the show notes. Thanks so much for chatting with me today, Dana. I really appreciate it. You're welcome, Andy. I enjoyed it as well. Thank you very much. I spoke with Nicola Ross about her lifelong passion for hiking. Hello, uh, could you please introduce yourself and let us know a little bit about what you do? Sure, Zila. Um, my name is Nicola Ross, and I am a writer, author, and most recently the author of a series of hiking guides called Loops and Lattes. And in 2018, we came up with a guide, we developed a guide for your neck of the woods. So was for Hamilton and Brant and, and surrounding areas. So needless to say, I'm a, I'm an avid hiker and, and uh, love the outdoors and love to write. And so I combined those two things into hiking guides. And so how did you originally get into hiking? Oh gosh, you know, my, I grew up on kind of a acreage and my dad always cut trails. So we kind of, it was kind of a family thing. We'd go for walks as a family and, and we just had this series of trails and it was just something we kind of did. And, you know, I took a break from it until I got a little bit older. And then I started hiking a lot, um, you know, in my twenties and thirties, uh, I lived in the mountains for a while and got hiking there and, and then moved back to Ontario and realized that the hiking was fantastic here, much to, much to, people don't believe that when you live in the West, they think Ontario is you know, just high rises and, and pavement, but it's not true. It's great. So it sounds like hiking has been kind of a lifelong activity for you. How has hiking and being outdoors impacted you personally? Oh gosh, well, everything. I mean, certainly in terms of just general fitness, it's a great, they say walking, if you want to be healthier in just about every way, mentally, physically, you name it you know, walk for at least half an hour a day. I walk a lot more than that every day. I also have had dogs for a long time and that sure gets you out the door, even on the coldest, most awful days, they want to go out. So you have to, you have to do that. And, you know, in terms of, in addition to just being good physical exercise, it's also the mental clarity that comes with getting away. And, and there's now lots of research in, to the health benefits of just mental health benefits of walking through a forest. And, you know, and it's not all just airy fairy stuff. It's, it's, you know, the, 
different chemicals that are coming from the trees are good for you. And so there's lots going on that we just don't know about. We're just starting to learn. I certainly feel better when I go get out there. I often write, I do, a, I'm a writer, and I often write stories as I'm walking along and, and there's great clarity, great clarity. And I may not come back and write exactly what I composed in my head, but it sure got me thinking. So yeah, it's had, had lots of effect, effects on me. And I've also hiked in different parts of the world and what a great way to, to get to know places and what a great way to get to know your own backyard. You know, I love, sometimes when I can't get to sleep, I sort of trace where the Bruce Trail runs and see if I can picture all the way it goes through my community. And, and it's sort of like counting sheep. Well, it's a little more exciting than counting sheep. But yeah, so I, it just helps me know my own backyard, which, which I love. So speaking of um, Ontario being an unexpected, nice hiking area, are there specific places that you would recommend in the Brantford area for hiking? Man, you guys are lucky. It's so rich in, in hiking over, over here. I uh, sort of went back through my Hamilton hiking guide. I haven't been back much to hike there in the last couple of years. I've been writing other guides in other places, but I, you know, that Gillickson Flats area right in, right in Brantford is a, a great spot. Beautiful. The Grand, you know, you're lucky you got the Grand River running, running through and, and, and parks along that and and what's better than walking along a river? I don't, I don't, you know, maybe a beach when everybody at home in January is freezing, maybe beach walking is great, but rivers are pretty nice for walking. So that's a great spot. Wilkes Dam over in the um, Brant Conservation Area is a fantastic spot. It just, the description was awesome and it, it totally overused word, but it, it's true. There's a bit of everything along that route and it goes forever. You can walk for you know, you can walk for hours and hours and hours in there. So that's a great spot. There's the Perch Fen uh, area. It's a little bit north of Brantford, if I've got my geography right. And that's a pretty interesting spot. Perch Fens, there are only two Perch Fens in all of Ontario. You've got one in, in uh, Brant. I don't know exactly where the borders are on Brant, so I hope it's within the, within the county, but it's pretty close. Um, and a perch fen is when it's a type of wetland. I'll, I'll leave it at that and get too complicated. So those are just a, a, th a few, but you know, you can, you can go to Paris, you've got rail trails. I mean, it's fantastic. I just thought I'd name a, you know, a couple of specific sites, but it's a very rich. And of course you've got Hamilton with all the waterfalls, as you, you well know, but I'm sure Brantford wants their own hike. So I, uh, <laughs> I'll bring those ones out and, you know, nothing, nothing to be ashamed of uh, about the hikes, hiking in Brantford. It's great. Is there anything you would say to beginner hikers of, you know, how to get started or? Yeah, you know, the, just put one foot in front of the other. I, I think that just get out there. That's kind of the in, most important thing. But a couple of other tricks. Start short, you know, don't take on, don't get out there and and take on too much. And then, you know, maybe your feet start to hurt or whatever and you discourage yourself. So start short, you know, start with a kilometer, two kilometers. Most people walk in between three and four kilometers an hour. So that kind of gives you a sense of how far you can go. Um, and the really, well, two really important things is your footwear. Whatever you put it, if you're going to have a problem hiking nine times out of 10, it's because your feet get sore. So make sure you have not just comfortable shoes, but shoes with a good tread on them. So you're not slipping and sliding all over the place. That's important. And also wear layers. 
you can hike all year. You can hike right through the winter in, in Ontario. It can get icy sometimes, but you can hike all year round. And so, well, wear layered clothing, whether it's the summer or the spring or the, the fall. So those are the kind of most important things. I just mentioned look for ticks as well. Unfortunately, that's become a reality of our life. So you've kind of given us an idea of some of the benefits that you've had and you get to know your area a bit better. But for others, kind of when you think about them going out hiking, what do you hope that they get out of their hiking experience? Yeah, it's sort of the same thing. I I led a a hiking group for many years. And what was wonderful was people that I like... I always think of it as seeing from the inside out rather than the outside in. We drive down roads and we sort of look, we're from the outside looking into to nature or the environment or the landscape. Whereas when you're on a trail in the forest or through the meadows, you're on the inside, like you're in there. And I think that just brings that sense of nature and that sympathy and that willingness to protect and that you know, realization of how important it is and how beautiful these areas are. I really hope that when people get out and hike, what they come away with is, you know, a huge desire to maintain and protect and conserve our, our green spaces. I think more than any, anything, I mean, I hope they have good mental health. I mean, I hope it's good for them that way, but in terms of the bigger issues, the more people we can get out hiking, I think the better chance we have of dealing with something, getting people to act on climate change or, you know, deforestation. I mean, there's so many issues that are, uh, you know, habitat loss, pollution. Uh, you know, I don't want to get down, but it's the best way to get people to to become active and, and not just talk about protecting the environment, but actually you know, joining a conservation group or a naturalist group or donating money or buying a pass to a conservation area. I mean, all those things are donating to some of our conservation areas, joining the, the Grand River hiking, Grand, Grand Valley, I can never remember which it is, the hiking association or the Bruce Trail Association. There's so many things that you, you can do if you just, you know, start to appreciate what we have and how, you know, how fragile it is. What's one outdoor activity you two would like to try in Brantford? Well, because I talked about Mohawk Park, when I have been there, I noticed the Frisbee golf thing that are there. And I've never done it, but I feel like it would be fun. And similarly, I would like ultimate Frisbee, I think, except like the physical aspect of it. I like the running part and the trying to catch it part, but um, a strong wind could take me out. (laughs) <laughs> I think it's funny that you mentioned the the frisbee golf too because I haven't I haven't tried that either so we should definitely just all go and try that sometime oh. yeah <laughs> bonus episode maybe <laughs> <laughs> on location at Mohawk Park two things that I would want to try in Brantford one I've actually never been to Mohawk Park I feel bad saying that <laughs> no one else can see this but there's two shocked faces on screen right now for me (laughs) and then I would also like to try one of the water activities on the grand so I know there's different different companies that do rafting and things like that and I know tubing is a huge thing so I think maybe next year I'm gonna drag my partner out to 
go rafting on the grand we do that with my friends we get an inner tube uh we blow it up um, at my place we walk up the street to the bridge and we put it in and it's a lazy river float style and you go down and we go we only float about a kilometer and we stretch it out into like two three hours so it's a nice like leisurely activity and we, you got to see everyone who's like canoeing and they're like paddling for their life and you're just nice and relaxed i hope you're wearing sunscreen <laughs> Yes, always. I think one thing that I thought of during both Dana's conversation as well as Nicola was how fortunate we are to have the trails and the river here in Brantford and how accessible that is and just how good it is for your mental health and just like being in nature. And it's interesting because I've been hearing more about, um, I think it's called nature bathing, just being in nature and bathing yourself with like, I guess, just that natural environment and whatever kind of energy you get from like the trees and the plants around you. And it's interesting because I remember Dana saying like he enjoys being outdoors, doing the rinks when it's like all nice and quiet and calm. So it's like there's, you know, he's regaining energy there. And I know Nicola talked about being out in the forest and making those connections with the nature. And yeah, there's just something about not being surrounded by either like other people maybe or by buildings something we need more of maybe yeah there there's something about it whenever I go for a hike hikes always seem to do it for me it's just being like around and surrounded by nature you got to see different different like biomes in front of you changing in front of your eyes Um, I went out with a friend to Apps Mill recently and went for a hike and it's absolutely beautiful and gorgeous out there. On one part of the hike, we were coming down a hill, and then all of a sudden we turned over, and all you see is like a small little segment of the bridge there, and everything else is like trees and nature and the big creek. And it was just such a beautiful kind of picturesque fall scene, and it just like uh, allowed you that quiet, reflective opportunity and really does positive things for your mental health. I talked a little bit about this with Nicola about how being a nature kind of provides some clarity and I think that also goes with what Dana was saying about like having those outlets for recreational and being active and you know it just gives you an opportunity to maybe gain that clarity to think through something properly or even take a break from constantly thinking right? One of the things that Nicola mentioned was a perched fan that immediately stuck out to me. I was like, oh, it's been a while since I've heard that term. So I had to look it up uh, and remember what it was from like my geography or science background. Yeah, she talked about how there's only two in Ontario and there is one and it's right next to the trail out by Hardy Road and Oak Park Road out in the industrial complex there and the trail where it passes the 403 and it always says environmentally sensitive area and this perched fen it's like a peaty bog and it's very special so you can't step on it because it degrades the environment and there's signs all on the trail that are telling you not to enter the area so yeah it's a very special unique area in Brantford and it kind of incorporates Nicola was talking about as well as what Dana was talking about with the trails and the trail network. 
one of the things that I remember uh, about isn't an outdoor activity, it's an indoor activity. And when we were young, we would always go to the Gretzky Center because it's the only place you can swim in the winter. And they had just installed the water slide where you could go outside of the building and come back in. That was one of my favorite swimming memories in Brantford. So I actually have a lot of good memories of swimming at Earl Hegg um, pool, both before it had the lazy river and after it had the lazy river. And I remember um, spending the day at Sand Hills with a friend and then that wasn't enough sun for us because we had to come home and then walk down to Earl Hegg pool and spend the rest of the time until um, the park closed just floating around the lazy river and I got like the worst sunburn of my life then because I had already gotten a sunburn at Sand Hills but that wasn't enough so you know that's something you shouldn't do you should definitely protect yourself from the sun but at that age I didn't care (laughs) and we had such a great time but I found it interesting that back in something I should mention is back in 2016 that the city talked about wanting to close down Earl Hag and the neighborhood association. So the Eagle place community association, as well as lots of other citizens had to rally together to try and save Earl Hag as well as Arrowdale, because they were both the city wanted to do away with both of them at the time. And it was chosen that we would, we would be able to keep Earl Hag and they would replace the water slide because Really, when it came down to it, there was enough support and people loved it enough that they couldn't just get rid of it. So that's why it's still there today and still enjoyed by so many. My younger sister and our cousin, they go to Earl Hague throughout the summer and they don't even live in Brantford. Like they come in to town to visit Earl Hague. So there's obviously something about it that people love <laughs> near and far. I've heard that too. I don't, I didn't necessarily know anybody that comes in, but I think that's neat that you do that. It's a pretty special spot for sure. And then it has, I mean, obviously it has the community garden right next door to it now too. So that's really great. You mentioned the lazy river. It immediately brought back my memories of high school in Paris. We had something like the first Friday back at school, you could pay $20 or something to the students council and we got to go to Earl Hag for the day and it was called the welcome back bash so it was kind of like a big like high school reunion kind of thing to kick off the year and you could play mini golf you could float around in the lazy river you could do the water slide you could play volleyball it's a really fun day I mean it did like a lot of you know bonding and forming relationships with friends there That really seems to be a common thread between all of our segments and what we've been talking about is really like making those connections on different levels. So it's either making connections with yourself, making connections with the environment around you, and then making connections with others that you're enjoying this space with, right? I think it's funny that we've mentioned a lot of the similar activities or doing a lot of the similar activities in the the same spaces in Brantford, but we've never actually done anything together. So I think uh, the Mohawk Park frisbee golf idea is going to have to have to be something, a special (laughs) adventure. I think that's a good idea. (laughs) idea. 
it does it does make you think though just in how important it is just to get outside just to get out there and do things right and enjoy that's it for our sixth episode of for the love of brantford we only have one more episode coming out in two weeks but don't worry we're already preparing for season two if you have any ideas go on our website at brantfordlibrary.ca slash flb to fill out our feedback form any and all suggestions are welcome thank you to dana for sharing your love of the outdoors with us and thank you to nicola ross for sharing the benefits of hiking and being outdoors you can find the resources mentioned in this episode on the library website at brantfordlibrary.ca slash flb. And don't forget to tune in for our final episode of season one about flooding in Brantford. Thank you for listening to this episode of For the Love of Brantford. You can find all the episodes at brantfordlibrary.ca slash flb, including the show notes where we list references, share images, and provide resources to continue your exploration of Brantford. We are your hosts, Mandy Samuel, Nathan Etherington, and Zila Ozels. This is a podcast in partnership with the Eagle Place Community Association, the Brant Historical Society, and the Brantford Public Library.